Chris Olcorn Show. We have a fantastic show for you today. We're going to give you some updates on the Ontario and Algoma numbers for COVID-19. We're going to talk about the testing and Doug Ford's unhappiness with that. We're also going to look at Uber, who was trying to reopen in certain markets and what they're going to do to protect both their passengers and their drivers. We're also going to look at people around under the age of 50 are having strokes who are also positive for COVID-19 and what's going on there. Also, we're going to talk about masks. Yesterday, I showed you a picture of a lady wearing a mask with a cutout face, so it wasn't covering her nose or mouth, which is the entire purpose of a mask. So we're going to go over how to use a mask, why you're using a mask, why, where should you be using masks, where do you not need to use masks. So we'll be right back in just a sec. <laughs> And welcome back. First thing we're going to do is we're going to look at the Algoma numbers. Now the good news is, is that we've had 13 positive cases and all 13 have recovered. So we have no positive cases that we know of in Sault Ste. Marie and Algoma District. Also, we're only waiting for 174 tests, which is up slightly from yesterday, but it's way down from last week when we were waiting for over 400 tests. Now, what we're going to also look at now is the Ontario numbers. They just came out and some of it's good, some of it's bad. It's kind of a mixed bag like it will be for the next little while and it was yesterday. Um, we only have 400 new, 412 new cases right now here in Ontario. That's up slightly. The last two days it was under 300, but it's way down from our peak uh, where we were averaging you know, 500 plus cases a day. Uh, but here's a good number. Of everyone who's tested positive for COVID-19 in Ontario, 70% have now recovered, which means 30% of the people who tested positive for COVID-19 still have it. But now for the first time, we have over 70% of the people recovering, which is fantastic news. Um, unfortunately, our healthcare workers, the percentage of healthcare workers with COVID-19 continues to rise. It was 15% yesterday. It has risen up to 16% today. Now, yesterday we processed 12,961 tests. Doug Ford wanted 16,000. We did get up to over 17,000 on Saturday. He's not been happy over the last few days with the amount of tests being done. The amount of tests yesterday went up slightly from the day before. However, we are not doing the 16,000 tests that Doug Ford wants done per day. And on top of that, uh, we know that we now can test 19,500 tests per day here in Ontario. So we're not, we're only about using two thirds of the amount of tests that we could be processing where we are processing. And there is a couple reasons why Doug Ford is upset with that. And I'll get into that in a moment. Um, the long-term care facilities, uh, that has risen. Um, two days ago, we had outbreaks at 218. And as of yesterday, we now have 223 long-term care homes with outbreaks. Um, that is, actually a very big number because we only have 626 long-term care homes across Ontario. Our hospitalizations and people in the ICU has dropped again, which is good. However, the people on ventilators went up. Uh, two days ago, ventilators, uh, we had 166 people on ventilators. Now that has popped up to 174. However, it is good news that we have less people in the ICU and it is good news that the hospital hospitalizations are decreasing. Um, when you see a lower new uh, cases per day, that will translate into less people going into the hospital over the medium term. It also will mean less people dying as well because less people are testing positive for COVID-19. 
So the numbers are more or less trending in the right direction. Um, they, there's obviously room for us to continue to improve and to um, get more tests done. Uh, Doug Ford wants a lot of testing done of all of the long-term care homes and frontline workers, uh, and we'll get into that in one moment. Um, however, I did mention that Uber is trying to reopen in certain markets. Uh, what they're requiring, uh, we don't have Uber here in Sault Ste. Marie, but if you are anywhere that there is an Uber, uh, we do have something called U-Ride, and they might want to put in the same thing, and that is that the driver plus any of the riders uh, that they pick up, the passengers, uh, have to wear face masks, and that's a good idea. Now, let's talk about Doug Ford and his sort of testing meltdown that he had yesterday. Doug Ford has wanted 16,000 tests done for COVID-19 per day. Uh, as I just mentioned, our capacity is actually 19,500, so we do have the ability to do 16,000 tests per day. However, 17 of the 34 medical officers of health are failing to perform a sufficient amount of daily testing that Doug Ford wants from them. He didn't name which one, so we don't know which medical officers of health were not testing enough people per day. However, Doug Ford is fuming mad and wants that to be changed, uh, and that's one of the big things we can do uh, here in Ontario. And one of the reasons uh, that lower number is significant is because Doug Ford, by May 15th, wanted every resident of a long-term care home plus frontline workers tested for COVID-19. And just to give you some numbers there, as I said before, just a minute ago, we have 626 long-term care homes, 223 of outbreaks. Uh, we have about 100,000 long-term care residents. All those are supposed to be tested by May the 15th, as well as the frontline workers. So we need to be over that 16,000 number just so that we can hit those targets of being testing everyone by May 15th on top of testing people who are ex experiencing the symptoms of COVID-19 in the general population. Now, the Premier's Chief Medical Officer blamed the shortfall in tests on a couple things. One, um, there is a new province-wide computer system and there apparently is some issues with it with regards to reporting. Uh, medical officer of health did not go into what those are but there is problems with the computer system as well we have just established a new lab network which is also integrating into that computer system so there is some delays in terms of uh, the test uh, results coming in and so on and then also uh, the swabs that you see on when people are uh, getting tested for COVID-19 they kind of look like a q-tip but they're about uh, they're about a foot long actually and they stick it up inside the nose to get the the mucus so that they can test for COVID-19. Uh, we're having trouble getting those swabs and enough of them. So there is a, a shortage of those swabs to actually do the COVID-19 testing. So that's another reason why we're not necessarily at those 16,000 tests per day. But hopefully that will improve. Uh, our testing capacity has gone up even higher to 19,500 possible tests per day. Only a few days ago it was at 17,500. So testing capacity is expanding, which is awesome. Hopefully we will be able to do that. I'll be right back in a moment after the break. And welcome back. First story we're going to talk about is there's younger people have, well I should say younger, middle-aged people who are having uh, strokes uh, from COVID-19. Uh, this is something the hospitals have been noticing and it's a little bit concerning because they're not sure why. So I'm going to explain uh, what it is. I went into a little bit of detail this morning on Special Report, the morning show, but I'm going to go into more detail now about it. Okay, 
So this is, uh, here's an example, okay? So a 45-year-old man uh, was tested positive for COVID-19. He didn't really have that serious of symptoms, so he wasn't hospitalized. Then three days later, he was rushed to the hospital with a massive stroke, uh, and that left him paralyzed for part of his body, and also he's having memory problems as well, and he can't speak uh, very well anymore either. And this guy is not um, unique. Doctors have been noticing that people with COVID-19, some of them have been having strokes, and people who shouldn't be having strokes, who aren't even in the category of it being a medium or high risk factor, and that is people between the mid-30s and the mid-40s. Right now, there are cases of people with COVID-19 who are having massive strokes with blood clots uh, that are really a type of stroke someone would have when they're a senior citizen, not when they're you know, 45 years old or 38 years old. And we've seen new and varied different um, problems that people have with COVID-19. They only happen in a small amount of people. Like we've seen what's called COVID toes, and if you've seen that, if you haven't, uh, it basically uh, it looks like the foot has frostbite on it. Um, and there are people with COVID-19 who are developing these COVID toes. Also, uh, in kids, there's a rare inflammatory uh, disease uh, that is showing up in some of the kids who've tested positive for COVID-19. And now they're noticing that some people are having strokes from, with COVID-19. It's a small percentage, it's not a, it's not a large percentage, but it's large enough uh, that it's a, uh, it's a concern, and here's why. Um, these people have, there's two risk factors for having strokes. One is high blood pressure, the other is diabetes. And we're seeing people without high blood pressure and without diabetes having strokes, and that is concerning. So it's mainly males between the ages of 35 and 45. But here's the thing. Mount Sinai Hospital in New York had five people in two weeks have a stroke from COVID-19. Normally, they have less than one person every two weeks having a stroke when they're in the ICU. This is a brand new thing for them. They've noticed it. Other hospitals across the US and Canada are starting to notice it as well. And apparently, it looks like some people, just like some people get COVID toes, um, it looks like that some middle-aged people between 35 and 45 are having strokes. They don't know why. Uh, I dealt with yesterday about a lot of confusing info we have about COVID-19, including a, a drug that we don't even know how it works to shorten hospital stays, but it has been working. Um, and so there's a lot of things we don't know about COVID-19. There's a lot of information that changes from week to week. This is something new. We'll keep watching it. We'll see what happens. Now, the other thing I want to talk to you about is face masks. Okay. Yesterday, I showed a picture of a lady with a face mask down in New Zealand in a grocery store, and she had cut the nose and mouth out so she could breathe through there and have the face mask covering the rest of her face. Okay, that's not how face masks work. The reason you wear a face mask is so that you're not spitting your germs out to other people, not whatever this lady thought she was doing by cutting the face out. The purpose of those masks is to prevent you from spreading to other people. Also, it helps to protect you from getting spreading from other people. However, the main purpose of the mask is to stop you from spreading, okay? So, here's the thing. When you buy a mask, or you make it, it should be a cloth, and it should be fairly thick that you can't blow a candle out through it. If you're making a homemade mask, and you have one sheet, and you can blow a candle out, another thing you can do is use a coffee filter and put a coffee filter in, then a second piece of the mask, and then sew that together. 
With a coffee filter, it's, a coffee filter is thick enough that when you try and blow through it, you shouldn't be able to blow out a candle with also the fabric there as well. So that's another tip. Now, why do we use masks? And when and where should you wear a mask? Okay, so here's the deal. You do not need to wear a mask when you're driving in your car. You also don't need to wear a mask if you're outside for a walk and, and you're far enough away from people that you're social distancing. Where you do need to wear a mask, for example, is a grocery store. That's a place where you would wear a mask. Also, if you're out elsewhere in other stores um, as well, or if you're in line waiting for a store, you should be wearing the mask. However, the thing with the mask is it has to cover from your nose to your chin. If you're not covering your total nose and your total mouth, and it's also blocked off so that the actual mask is like right tight to your skin, it's not effective. So you have to wear it tight enough, so you're gonna have to tighten it up, whether it's you're using a cloth ties or a plastic tie, to actually make it tight on your face. Now, there is a warning, because people have been doing this. Don't use a safety pin on your mask, okay? Safety pin can open up, it can cut you in the back of the head, if you're, you, there's been people using safety pins on the side of their mask to attach the actual uh, fabric that they tie around the back of their head and then those pop open. That's a good way to get a safety pin in the eye, not a smart idea, and also to stab the back of your head like some people have been doing, which makes unnecessary hospital trips. So don't do that. Get a mask, make sure it covers your face, it's tight, and here's the thing, wash it and only use one side of it. So Designate one side as the outside and the other side as the inside. That's my advice for masks. Please take it, and I will be back in a moment. Thank you for watching The Chris Oldcorn Show. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, it's at Chris Oldcorn. Also, you can listen to this as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcasting platforms. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. with a special report with Colette Linden and Danny Dupuy. I'll see you then. Have a fantastic evening.